This is Jewish Board Talk with Sheree Zephard, only on 101.9 High FM. According to Beta Tavsort's Jewish uh, Life in South African Communities, from the earliest days of Middleburg history, the Jewish community contributed richly to the development of the town. The shul was established in 1905. The Middleburg Chamber of Commerce was established in 1903. Today it is one of the most uh, active business cha- uh, business chambers of commerce, and that is no fault to its past president, Karishni Naidu, who has been at its helm for the past two years. I'm delighted to have Karishni as my guest now. Karishni, welcome, and thank you so much for joining me. Hi, good morning, Cherise. It's really interesting to be back on radio again after all these years, but let's not mention the past, and uh, you've given me too much, um, uh, yeah, uh, I've just been president for two years. The chamber has been around, as you mentioned, since 1903. So uh, we've had excellent past presidents uh, throughout those years. And um, as I said, yes, the Jewish community and the Jewish businesses supported the chamber very, very much in the early years. A little bit more about the chamber. Yes, we are one of the strongest chambers, they say, in the world. We certainly are one of the strongest in the country. We rank with Joburg, Cape Town, Durban, um, I, it's Port Elizabeth and Peter Maritzburg, I think. Krishna, I'm just going to stop you quickly mm. there because you alluded to the fact that you haven't been on radio so, uh, for a while. So I have to acknowledge that you, that if anybody recognizes your voice, they <laughs> do so because you were on 702 for many, many years, mm. as well as on Carte Blanche. Mm. So if you are thinking, my gosh, that sounds familiar, now you know why. <laughs> and just before you go back to the history, I'm going to ask you how you went from 702 and being a journalist to Middleburg. Oh, that, that, that would take an hour and we don't have that much time. But basically I was working for carte blanche. That was my full time job. 702, I just did late nights, early mornings, as people would know if you did listen to me. Sunday mornings basically was my slot with a conservation slot. Um, I was headhunted by Save the Children UK at some point who wanted me to come and work for them and I wanted to make a difference. I came back to this country after 30 years of being out of it to make a difference and, and, children are important to me. So I thought, well, let me go there. So I started with Save the Children. Unfortunately, that environment for some reason did not work for me, didn't suit me. And I resigned after nine months and I didn't have anything to do. And then I was approached by one of my current partners who was the MD of, of a large engineering company, had resigned, was starting his own company, needed a partner to do everything but the engineering. <laughs> and I said, okay, I'll give it a shot. And we we started it. And for the first year, we didn't get any money. I lived on my savings. I couldn't even afford to service my tiny little car. I traveled a thousand kilometers a week uh, trying to drum up business. So we did, you know, sacrifices were made at the beginning. But that's um, and then we partnered up with somebody who had a company in Middleburg. And because both my engine, I'm not an engineer. I have a legal background. Both my partners were engineers with ESCOM backgrounds. So we wanted to get into the ESCOM environment, which they knew very well. And so uh, we ended up in Middleburg. So my life from 2012 to 2023 was from Monday to Friday in Middleburg and my weekends in Joburg, where I could do my theater and see some friends and spend time with family. So that's how I got to Middleburg. But going back to the chamber, a, a little bit of a pat on my back. I am the first 
black woman president of that chamber. It is a predominantly Afrikaans town. You have to remember it's in the Platteland, uh, but it is in my heart. And um, I feel very close to Middleburg, having virtually lived there for so many years. I have a lot of respect for the people there. And you must remember um, Mpumalanga powers the nation. We have 12 power stations there and virtually all the coal mines in the country there. Without that province, we wouldn't have the little electricity we have now. And and please don't blame us because of what's happening. That's a different issue. But Middleburg sits in the middle of basically that 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 whole thing of coal mines and and power stations. So it is the industrial heart uh, heart of that uh, province. And so industry runs the town. Industry is incredibly important. And um, we've been worried because we've been on a, as people would know, any business people listening in would know we've been on an economic downturn since 20, late 2016, 2017, uh, where things started to go down. And then, of course, COVID hit. Um, and you know, just, and, and then the just, just transition was, was coming in and we signed an agreement internationally and we thought, but we're dependent on coal. We've got another 400, 400 years of coal at least beneath our grounds. I see that as something God given. So we can't just chuck it out, but we can go cleaner. There, I, I, I'm not against going green. I agree the plant, we've got to take care of the planet, but we've got to use what was given to us and what our economy is based on. And most of the jobs that, that we have in South Africa actually emanate from coal. So we, and we can go greener with coal. We've done our research. We've had uh, emeritus professor Rosemary Falcon from Wits University come to say, this is how we can go cleaner. Um. Krishni, you mentioned that the problem, you, you are ESCOM, but you are, do not blame you for the problem of ESCOM. And do not Can blame you, ESCOM completely for the problem no, of ESCOM. Okay. Can you help ESCOM? Can Middleburg community do something that would help? We are currently in discussion with very top management in ESCOM because we could, we have the skills in Middleburg because it's industrial, because we work, we've got engineers coming out of our ears. We've got every, everything you need to work mines, to work power stations, to work smelters. You name anything that got to do with engineering from top to bottom, from everything there. So the town can actually get off the grid if we got a power station. So we actually did approach ESCOM in 2018, I think it was, uh, to say, you, you're decommissioning Kamati. Give it to us. We'll run it. We'll take it off the grid. We'll make it work. And then we'll take the town off the grid because we take a lot of electricity because of the businesses. Columbus Stainless is one of the biggest stainless steel producers in the world. And ex- most of it is export. They're based in Middleburg. Mm. We have huge businesses in Middleburg. So we do draw from the grid, but we, uh, but they, now, Kamati has gone wind and solar. Wind and solar is not enough baseload, cannot power my little workshop that I have in Middleburg. So we need to look at other alternatives as well as wind and solar. We have to look at nuclear, whether we like it or not. We've got to look at gas. We've got to look at cleaner coal. 
and we've got to look at the hydro, you know, the hydrogen stuff coming in, green hydrogen as they call it, and and solar and wind, and a mix basically is what we have to look at. So, do you have the prototype of what our electricity can and should be? Well, I've just kind of mentioned it. It's got to be going forward. It's got to be a mix of everything. Yeah. Until now, it's been coal, yeah. completely coal-based, uh, because we've got the coal. And actually, um, I found, and, and I, I, I've, I've never been um, PC, and I've always said what I thought. The Europeans are pointing the finger at us and wagging the finger and saying, "Stop using coal, because uh, you're doing the planet a lot of damage." Well, since the Russian-Ukrainian issue, guess who's buying all our coal? Guess who is has refired all their coal-fired power stations? I'm talking across Europe. I'm talking Germany. I'm talking Denmark. I'm talking, you know. Scandinavian countries. France has got nuclear. But what they do is also they don't have nuclear in their countries, but they buy nuclear from France. And now they're taking all our coal because they need to power themselves. And when I challenged them, they said, but we're in crisis. And I said, what do you think my country is in and has been for the last few years and probably will be? We we are almost constantly in crisis. We need our coal. So stop wagging the finger and give us a chance to find a good mix. And what I'm glad to see is we had a just energy transition. The chamber held one this year where we had like Total Energies. We had Mike Tecker from Sariti. We had the big boys there talking about how they're looking at this mixture of energy going forward. Well, that's incredible. But enough about the chamber. I'm really here to talk about Robbie Brosen because we have an AGM and an annual banquet every year. And um, this year it came up as who do we have as, as a, a keynote speaker. And we've had Ian Fuhr in the past from Sorbet, and he was magnificent. I'll never forget his speech. Very uplifting, very inspirational. We've had Clem Sunter. We've had some pretty big names. So uh, being the president, they kind of looked at me and said, cue any ideas? And I thought, I can try to get Robbie Brosen because I have met him being invited to SAJDB events by Cherise here for the last 10 years or so. And I thought, let me try and see, because he's in business, he does understand, and somebody told me that he was born and raised in Middleburg. And they told me his first store was in Middleburg. Actually, he corrected me, it was the second store, but still close to the beginning. So thanks to Cherise. Was it it was, of course it was Nando's. And he said when he stood in the store, he felt like he was standing on his mother's stoop. Uh. And you gave me his email address, and I wrote as president of the chamber saying, Dear Mr. Brosen, would you consider and do us the honor of addressing us? We're struggling at the moment. Businesses are, are closing down around us. Unemployment is growing. Crime is growing. And we've got to do something. And we've got to give people back courage to go on and to build again. And I'd heard him speak briefly at one of the SAJDB events where he was on a panel. And he inspired me then, and I thought, we need him. And he's got Middleburg in his blood. And when I wrote in the email, I got such an enthusiastic response saying, I would be honored. And he came and he brought six people with him. 
I'm sorry I was not one of them. Hashtag just saying. But he brought brother and cousin and then, you know, managers and, and his Middleburg people. And when he got onto the stage and he started talking about his grandfather coming, his father and the businesses they built, he got very emotional about the town and said that Middleburg is in the heart of Nando's, will always be in the heart of Nando's. And he talked about the hears which Middleburg has and he said that hears is in Nando's and it starts from there and he says and it's not just in Middleburg it's in the country so he was very um how can I say optimistic and I know that we're going through hell at the moment in the country with load shedding that's just one of the things this I'm thinking about what's probably going to happen on Monday or not going to happen on Monday but South Africans, I know, I, I get tired of being called resilient, but he reminded us, he said, he started his business in 89. The darkest times in our history, some of the day, he said, who starts a business when the country is going through what we were going through in 89? But he did. And he said, and we got through those times. We can get through these times. And he actually said, it's a privilege to be in this kind of mess because getting out of it shows just how strong we are and a couple of things for business people which I took and he said if you start a business it should be for two reasons to have fun and to make money and if you're not doing both you're doing something wrong and he did confess he said at the beginning with Nando's it was just about fun Till all they were doing was having fun. And then they realized if they wanted a business, they better start working as well. So they got that balanced, as we know beautifully, because they're in 135 countries in the world. Wow. I can't remember. It's a lot of countries. They're all over the place. But the five core values in Nando's is pride, passion, courage, integrity, and family. Mm. And he said, and it's in every single one of the people who works there. And he says... Your your attitude can be the difference between success and failure. And that's what he was telling those businesses that are struggling in Middleburg, is that our attitude, how we look at, can we make this work? How can we make it work? How can we rebuild from nothing again? It's your attitude. And he said, and your people are your champions. You take care of your people, the money will come. He said, don't chase the money. The money will find you so he 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 dropped some he dropped some gems they didn't want to let him go i mean it was it was it it, it was emotional for him um i must say that at times his language was probably not something i could use on radio but it spoke to the people in the room because businessmen when know when you're on the on the edge you are going to come out and say some things and he got there and he's traveled that path He's been in business. He's been down. He's had overdrafts where the business didn't know where the next was coming from. But he's built it up again. And look where he is now. And even though he's not um, fully involved in Nando's as a business at the moment, he's doing a lot uh, with social impact projects. And I'm meeting with him on Monday um, with his brother and, and, and a few other key people to see how he can help me make a difference in Middleburg, which, as I said, is my second home after Joburg and very close to my heart. 
you speak about Middleburg as, as being your home and obviously Robbie's home and you, you don't leave your home. It always lives within you. Mm-hmm. Were there people in the audience that um, knew him and remembered him and or are the people living in Middleburg now like yourself coming in there for business? Uh, yes, there were people who remembered him. And there were people who remembered his father. Because as I said, we had ex-presidents who I had never met before that came specifically because Robbie was the keynote speaker. We had people traveling from Pretoria, from Johannesburg, from various parts of the country because they heard that Robbie would be speaking. So he was a draw card for us, for which I'm very grateful. And I know he's busy in meetings, but he said he's had he's having this recorded. So I hope you're listening to me, Robbie. We are very <laughs> appreciative of it. And I got to meet people that I had met before. So yes, they did remember the Brosen family, and they haven't left. They've still got some business interests, apart from the Nando's store. They have other business interests in Middleburg, which are still ongoing. So I'll be meeting with those people as well on on Monday to see how he can help, again, start job creation and start rebuilding, uh, rebuilding, because my philosophy, uh, Cherie, since I came back to again contribute to my country was I don't believe in a hand out, but a hand up. And I believe you can do that through giving people people a job, giving them their dignity, and then they take care of themselves. Yeah. Krishni, we don't have much time, but I do have two questions that I'm going okay. to try and sneak in if Craig will allow me. Okay. Um, the one is Middleburg Chamber of Commerce, you mentioned, is up with the best of the best. Yes. It's a small town. Yes. What makes one town able to see it through, whereas other towns may literally be crumbling? Okay. So I'll give you an example. We've got Witbank or Witbank, yes. just out 20 minutes down the road. Yes. We, we until recently was, were one of the best run towns in the country. We won town of the year in 2015. We had clean audits. We've never, ever not had a clean audit. Uh, and Witbank was at the other end of the scale. Okay. So we had two towns next to each other, but we had a very, very good municipality. And you must remember there's something about Afrikaans administration. They do it very well. Okay, and our, and it's an ANC-run municipality, and it was an ANC-run municipality for all the years that my business has been there, and it was being run brilliantly. But they were also very, very well trained and taught. So, if 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 uh, if I had a, a burst pipe, within an hour that pipe would be. We had oh. traffic lights worked. There were no potholes, nothing. But something happened in the last two years where. I felt in some ways the town was captured and it went from being one of the best to one of the worst. And last year, during my, of course, my reign <laughs> as president, we had to claw back the town. And we did. And now we've got in an, an honest MM and the town is slowly getting itself back together. But it took a lot of effort on the part of the chamber. Yeah. So is it the people? Is it the people that makes a difference? And how do we ensure that people in every little dorpy throughout the country are making that difference? How do we get active citizenry? Like you've got right in Middleburg. Okay. We work very closely with the municipality. Business and the municipality have to work together to keep the town. Without the business, the town wouldn't exist. Without Without the municipality, municipality, we can't exist because we don't have the services. So we have a very close relationship. I have a hugging relationship with my MM because I know he's an honest man, Mandla Mguni, that's his name, and he's doing a brilliant job for the town. We work with the community. We have a youth community. We have what we call the local economic development forum 
we meet with we also what we also have what we call the Middleburg Chamber uh, um Middleburg Forum where we meet with pastors, we meet with religious leaders, we meet with past mayors, we meet with bishops, we meet with everybody who is who cares about the town. And we put our heads together to say, how do we get ourselves out of this mess? It, it, it's for the country I'm saying this as well. If we want to get out of this mess in the country, we've got to work together. Working together for the good of the people, not for yourself. For the good of the town has helped Middleburg come out and is going, we're going to grow. We're going to go places. And the country can do the same thing if we work together, forget the differences, see where we can come together. So that is absolutely inspirational. And I also think what we need now, we all know the doom and gloom. Yep. We, we do. We yep. talk about it. We need to stop maybe talking about it and, and doing look something. at that inspiration that Robbie provided, that you have provided. <laughs> Not sure I provided, but one thing I will say, people, people say, well, what can we do? Government, government, gov-, you know, it's all about that. I said, the areas you can control, control, there you can make a difference. Whether, whether it's a smile to somebody, a good word, a kind word, treating people properly, doing what you can, where you can, if every single person in this country did that, we can change the country. And it doesn't matter what government does up there. And that incredibly beautiful note, Krishni Naidu, thank you so much for joining me. You're welcome. Thank you, Cherise, for having me.